I'm Jasmine Moradi, and you're listening to the Queens of Tech podcast, a podcast series about raising the voice of workplace champions. 60 plus questions in around 30 minutes with women, non-binary and transgender influencers about their journey into STEM, science, technology, engineering and mathematics. I started the Queens of Tech podcast initiative in May 2022 because I would like to retain more women, non-binary and transgenders in the tech industry. Talent is out there, but our work environment needs to improve for all to feel safer, stay authentic and to be valued for our contributions. My vision is to raise the workplace ecosystem for all in the tech industry by killing the imposter syndrome, stopping bad behavior and increasing equity opportunities. Each podcast talk is built around 60 plus questions regarding upbringing, education, career path, DEIB, and future advice. My mission is to bridge the gap between schools and workplaces by getting to the heart of my guests' personal life and career journey to inspire other girls, women, non-binary, and transgenders to unleash their full potential to reach top leadership roles in the tech industry. My goal is to raise the voice of tech champions around the world and together with companies, investors, and politicians, raise the challenges and opportunities around equity, inclusive diversity, and belonging in our workplaces. Enough is enough. I would like to enforce companies to build a sustainable, inclusive culture, to retain diverse talent, so we keep the workplace power equity to continue building future diverse and inclusive products. Your voice matters. In this episode, I'm very excited to welcome my guest, tech queen, Meneth Mille, leader customer journey at PAB, board member at Bright and Future AB, and podcast host at XP Podden. Hey, Merit. Hello. I'm very happy to have you joining us from Norway today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's cold as it should be in Norway, but otherwise it's a good day. Yeah. How about yourself? I'm great. Thank you. Do you also have a lot of snow like we have here in Stockholm right now? Yeah, actually it's starting to melt again. But yesterday when we woke up, it was a new load of snow and I was offended because I'm so done with the snow now. You know, it's Easter. So I guess for the people who like skiing, it's fine. But then we can please be done with the snow. True. Spring, spring, spring. Let us dive into your journey into STEM. Hope you're ready for the Queens of Tech 60 plus questions. As ready as can be, I guess. Let's warm up with a few fun facts about you. How would you describe your personality in three hashtags? Outgoing, curious, and determined. How would you describe your life in three sentences? Hectic, rich, fast-moving. What kind of music stimulates and motivates you the most? For the time being, it's classical music, actually. What is your personal motto? Don't grow up, it's a trap. What is your favorite book? So this is a Norwegian book. Hekta på hopp om kärlighet. If I should translate it, it's called Hooked on the Hope for Love by Cicel Grant. What is your favorite podcast? You know what? I'm not much of a podcast listener, but I would have to say my own then, CX Podden, that I made with my co-host Joanna. Mac or PC? Definitely Mac. I do manage both because amazingly many employers don't let you choose, but I would prefer Mac. Currently working on a PC though. Say something interesting about you that most people don't know. I cry to the national hymn, so I'm pretty easily moved. What is your hidden talent? I'm not sure I have any hidden talents because I seem to brag about them. If you were going to write a book about your life, what would a title be? I have no idea. Really no idea. 
Now, let us dig deeper. Our childhood has an effect on our adulthood. Our early experiences shape our belief about ourselves, others, and the world. I want to discover your childhood. Where did you grow up? I grew up in a small island just outside Bergen in Norway. It's a really, really tiny island community. So we were 500 people in the little village where I grew up. What was your dream job as a child? Oh, it changed a lot of times. But I think writer or singer was the two that sort of repeated themselves. What was your favorite subject in school? Music. What was your least favorite subject? Math. What is your earliest memory of technology and the arrival of the internet? I'm not sure it's the earliest, but I do remember very well my friend showing me Napster. You could start downloading music. We had the ADSL line making that specific sound when you connected to the internet and nobody could be on the phone at the same time. Yeah, that must be my first proper memory of tech. Which were the three first technology gadgets you owned? I had a Sega Mega Drive, like the video game. I also had a Motorola phone with one of those. You could pull out the antenna and a third... I'm not sure if I can remember. I think it was like video games, like a Nintendo Game Boy or something like that. Who was your female role model growing up and why? I had so many, but the singer Hanne Krog from Norway made a really big impression on me when she won the Eurovision in 84 together with Bettan from Sweden, but also the former Norwegian prime minister, Gro Harlem Brundtland. She was prime minister for Norway in the 80s, so obviously that made a pretty big impression. How do you think where you grew up and the school you went to and the generation you come from influence your education and career choice? You know what? I don't really think those things mattered too much because my career choices were quite random. But then all of a sudden I saw the red thread from when looking back. But I don't really think I was too influenced. I was more going with the flow back then. Now, I'm going to read two quotes. First one, how does the universe expect me to choose a career path at 16? I can't even choose what I want for dinner. Second, Abraham Lincoln said, I quote, the best way to predict your future is to create it. So Merete, I want to know the choices behind your career path. Where and what did you study at university? I went to the University of Bergen. I actually didn't finish anything. So I don't even have a degree, but I did start economics studies and I finished a few single exams. Also that was studying a little bit of music. Who and what influenced you to get into your choice of field? I suppose my brother, when it came to the studies, because it made sense at the time, but it turned out I wasn't really cut out to learn in classrooms. I was cut out to learn by doing instead. What professional roles have you had before that led you to the current one? I've been more or less involved or in charge of customer journeys and customer experiences, quality management, customer service, like the sales and service industry. So it's always been about people and always been about connecting with other people and creating those sort of experiences and journeys, really. What does Payab do and what does Brilliant Future do? Payab, I'm with the real estate development. So basically we buy land and we develop housing projects on them and sell them to investors. Brilliant Future is an insight and analysis company with like a SaaS-based software to gather and collect employee insight and customer insight to be used for operational improvements. What are your roles and what are your main responsibilities? In Payab, I'm head of the customer journey or lead customer journey. So it means everything from digitalizing the customer journey, implementing a new CRM tool. I'm system owner of all the customer facing systems and tools. And I also do implementation of changes in routines and processes to just in general improve the customer journey. So it's quite a broad role, I would say. And it involves many aspects of a company, which I really like because I feel like my competency is quite wide. So I get to use a lot of myself in this job. And as for the board member, 
member and brilliant. It's a basic board member job where uh, the board is responsible to represent the owners. So basically we talk and have closely a follow-ups with the management and in board meetings just to make sure that they run the company the way that the owners and obviously the board see best fit. Very exciting roles both of them. And how did you get the roles? I happened to know the recruiter for the role in PAB. So I talked to him and then from there it was through the official process with the interviews and tests and everything. But the link was actually networking. The same for the role in Brilliant Future. My former boss from Netigate, also a Swedish company, knew that Brilliant was looking for a board member with qualifications within customer experience. So he called me and asked if I would want to be a part of that board, which I obviously wanted to. So very exciting. I feel very privileged. What does a typical workday look like for you? No typical workday. The general going to the office, checking emails, meetings, workshops, creating presentations, more meetings. Also, I have my kids every second week. So it's 50-50 there. Uh, so on those weeks, I try to do a little shorter days at the office, but it's more evening work. So yeah, I guess no day is the same in my life at the moment, at least. I love the quote, choose a job you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. So Marita, what do you love about your roles? I love that it's independent. Like I get to work with my Swedish colleagues. I get to work with people in Norway across the different business areas. It's a little bit of traveling, but it's not too much. And also I get to be good at something that they really need. So it feels very meaningful to do that job. For Brilliant, it's just so good to be around really qualified people who are all sort of experts within their field. And everyone is working hard to make sure that Brilliant Future can perform as best as possible. I'm having a lot of good times. What is the best experience you've had in your role so far? Any examples? I think right now in PAB, which is quite new for them, this was a new industry to me when starting. And right now, I think working together across the different business areas, I think is really exciting because we're doing so much cross-functional things and it's really adding value. And what is the biggest challenge you've encountered so far and how did you tackle them? I would have to say, obviously, adjusting to another industry, this is real estate and the building industry. And I come from telecom and house alarms. So the industry is very different. And even if it's very understandable, it's still a lot of things that I don't know. Also, I have my own office now and a fixed seat. And I was used to working more like flexible, moving around and finding a spot for the day based on what I was supposed to be doing that day. So it's a little different, but I'm settling. What do you wish everybody understood about your role? I would have to say that my role is to sort of help the company and what I'm doing is in everyone's best interest. We're trying to modernize and digitalize quite old processes and obviously the customer centricity of it. But this is sort of new to them. So I sometimes wish they would be more mature, but at the same time, everybody is really good at adapting. So I think we're doing pretty good anyway. But it's about understanding too that it's not my personal choice to come and be disruptive and maybe even become unpopular sometimes, but it's actually part of the job that I'm supposed to be doing. What is the one common myth about your professional field that you want to disapprove? I think a lot of people don't even know the definition of customer experience. A lot of people think it's customer service. They need to read up. What do you love about working in the tech industry? Things change all the time. So you need to adapt. That is even if it's scary sometimes. So you have to constantly be on the move intellectually. You have to be focused. You have to be willing to adapt and learn things, which I think is really smart. And I think if you manage to tag along at least a little bit, you're going to be successful and also have a very rich life. Oprah Winfrey said, I quote, think like a queen. A queen is not afraid to fail. Failure is not a stepping stone to greatness. So Marette, what had by far been your biggest achievement in your career? 
trying to be a bit humble, but I still think I can say that I've created a name for myself within my field. And I'm very proud of that. Yeah, I guess I would have to say that. I think people know me, at least professionally, as someone who knows customer experience and who has a lot to bring to that table. So yeah, I'm pretty proud of that. And what would you say is the biggest fact that has helped you become successful in your success habits? We keep talking about working smarter, not harder. I'm not always agreeing. I think you should definitely work smart when you can, but sometimes you just have to do the hard work. And that means getting things done. Also, I always write things down and I always follow up on everything that I say I will follow up on because it's about integrity. And that has helped me gain and build relationships to people who also have been willing and helpful when I needed it. But you need to see things through and you have to keep your promises and treat people nicely. At least for me, that's worked pretty well. How do you measure your own performance at work? I don't really measure specifically, but I keep track and I do check off the overall tasks, but I don't really measure myself in that way, I think. What is your biggest failure in your career and what did you learn from it? Biggest failure was trying to fit in by adjusting my way of being, my personality, my way of thinking and just being a professional. So when I started to be just me, like just as I am, I definitely pushed away some people and opportunities, but I gained so much more respect and I became so much happier. But you have to come to that point, I think, and then you need to make that decision. And it's scary, but it's worth it. What is inspiring and motivating you the most in your role and career right now? Having moved to a very different industry, I think the opportunity to improve that is very motivating and also to represent some changes that can be hard to accept, but that will make, you know, from a customer's perspective, it's going to make things better. And also, I think the employees of that company. Yeah, that's what's keeping my wheels rolling at the moment. Let us now jump into the influence of mentors, role models, champions and sponsors. Role models can consciously or subconsciously be a powerful force in our lives. In addition, Champions can stand up and advocate for us and open up the world of possibilities. Sponsors match emerging talent with leaders and influential employees who can help us move ahead in our careers. So Marita, do you have a mentor, champion or a sponsor today? I have many, but I do have sort of like a one mentor. Uh, this is the former director of digital transformation at Telia Norway. She will spar with me whenever I have questions related to work things. And she sort of has been for quite a few years now. She's my go-to gal. But then I like talking to a lot of people about a lot of things and especially people that are smarter than me. So I do recommend it. But it's nice to have this one person who can actually follow you and know the different processes that you've been in. Yeah, that's Katarina. Who is the female role model you look up to in your field? In my field, I would say Vedig is her name when it comes to customer experience in Norway. And also Kristin Skogenlund, the CEO of Shipstead, that I got to know a little bit from making a podcast with her. She also has twins, the same as me. And that was just impressive to meet her. She has two sets of twins and she is the CEO and has had so many exciting roles. That was really impressive. So I obviously have to mention her. History shows that it has been more common for men having mentors, champions and sponsors in business than women. So how important do you think is to have a mentor, champion and sponsor during one's career? We haven't been as good at it as we should have because it is crucial. I would recommend it to everyone. I mean, if it's not your thing, obviously you shouldn't do it if you don't want to. But there is so much to gain from that. And talking to people about if it's a challenge or even a success, it's always going to become richer and make more sense when you get another perspective. So I definitely recommend it to anyone and especially women, actually. Let's move on to leadership. Adina Friedman, president and CEO of Nasdaq, said, I quote, Empowering those around you to be heard and valued makes the difference between a leader who simply instructs and one who inspires. 
Then Shirley Samber, ex-CEO of Facebook, said, I quote, leadership is about making others a better result of your presence and making sure that the impact lasts in your absence. So Marita, what does leadership mean to you? This is a hot topic for me. As a leader, you need to lead by example. You need to see people and trust that your employees are more than qualified to make good decisions in their daily job on behalf of you. What do you consider a good versus a bad leader? That's easy. Trust versus control. Who is your favorite Demo tech leader and why? I've always been very inspired by Helena Barnokov since she was in Telia, Sweden. It's just something about the way that she does things and being very humble about it, but still very professional. How would you describe yourself as a leader? I would say I'm pretty casual. I'm trusting and I'm very people oriented. So, you know, I try to build those relationships and I hate micromanaging. So you won't get that from me. And as a leader, what values are most important to you? You know what? There is really just one value that means everything when it comes to leadership to me, and that's trust. What leadership lessons have you learned that have formed you into the leader you are today? That's a good one, really. Sometimes transparency, as much as I love it, it can lead to misunderstandings. So to be transparent, you must also communicate very clearly. Otherwise, things can go bad. That was a tough learning for me, actually, because I love being transparent. But then all of a sudden, that creates room for people to think that some things have been decided, maybe. What are your three strengths and three weaknesses? To begin with the strengths, I guess I'm a doer. I get shit done, really. I also understand the big picture pretty fast and I can and will drill down into details when I need. So I have that sort of macro perspective and I find that very helpful. But I do get impatient. Sometimes I move way too fast, like I'm a little trigger happy. And I guess I sometimes forget to listen. Let us now jump into the hottest topic in business today. Workplace culture, unlocking the power, diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging. Marette, what do diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging mean to you personally? This is very personal. As a straight passing gay woman, if I have to choose a label and to make things easy, I do. But that means a lot. You know, as much as I'm comfortable with being open and visible, I still think we have a long way to go in this area. What do you consider being three to five signs of good company culture if you were to join a company? That's a fun question as well. I think people staying not too short, but not too long either, and that they have defined trust-based leadership as their sort of way of doing things and that they allow for you to be the 24-hour person that we all are. We do have lives. We are human beings. That's important to me when considering work. As a woman, what has been the most significant barrier in your career and how have you overcome these challenges? You know what? That's a question that I I had a hard time when reflecting upon it. I think I was very lucky with my dad bringing me up to think that I could do anything I wanted as long as I worked hard. There was never any discussions around gender and those things. So I've actually never felt that I've been missing out for being a woman. But I do see that other women have. You know, I think I might be one of the few exceptions because I was just caught up to thinking that I can do anything. But if I have to choose one, I would say that I do believe that men in similar roles have had higher salaries than me. So Obviously, that's barriers. Why do you think it's important for more women to join the tech industry? If you Google everything from my partner is a nurse to my partner is strong, you will see that in languages where the word partner is gender defined as, you know, girlfriend or boyfriend, the nurse is always a woman and the strong is always a man. And that is just one of many examples. So if women don't join tech, everything we develop will be based on men. And we see this in healthcare. We see this in so many areas. We need more women to develop those technologies that we base things on. And especially now that AI has really come to stay, we need to make sure that we don't develop biased softwares, for instance. 
Do you and how do you speak with your female and male colleagues about this subject's challenges, for example, salary gaps and promotions? I'm actually open about my salary to any other woman who asks, as long as it goes both ways. If it's just to be curious, I may not answer. But if it's definitely, you know, to spar, always open. And I try to help my female friends, you know, when they want to negotiate their salaries or they're considering a job offer. Women need to stand together. And I think as much as we can dislike someone or have bad chemistry, we need to remember that we are still women. We need to sort of have that in the back of our head because there is a greater challenge here than just not liking someone. So I think that's important. So yeah, I try to be as, as open and helpful and friendly as I can. There are many public and internal discussions about the barriers women face from reaching higher position in the tech industry. How do you feel it has affected and is affecting you? And what is your advice on how to best unblock these roadblocks? I think we need to up our game a little and keep supporting and being good allies for each other as women. I also think we need to tell ourselves that we have the same rights to any position or job as any man. We may have to work harder to get there sometimes, but we cannot be stopped by that. You know, think about our daughters. It's pretty strong motivation for me, at least. Today, tech companies spend a lot of marketing money to attract women. However, at the same time, they are finding it hard to retain the women. Articles online show that women are leaving the tech industry. What is your best advice or strategies for how companies can work to build a stronger corporate culture that engages gender diversity and equity? Again, I want to mention the 24-hour person or people that we are. Like, we need to make room for that. And that also being, you know, the mothers or the daughters with older parents, acknowledging that women give birth and being a parent, but especially a mother, is hard work. We cannot state that hard enough. And we cannot keep punishing women for wanting to have careers and also have children at the same time. We need to enable that instead of just ignoring the problem. And I think any man would agree too that men aren't as stupid. There is a solution for this if we just wanted to see it. We just need to make sure that everyone understands the value and the benefit from enabling these women to be both moms and career women. Also, the salary models need to be revisited and revised because we need to ensure that there aren't any illogical differences based on gender itself. I think it's too easy to just say that this or that or you have number of years in the position, but we need to make sure that we have harder system to control these things and make sure that differences are based on different tasks and different responsibilities and not gender wise, which is just sad to have to say, but I think a lot of it lies there. Uh, and third, I think You know what? Placing women's necessities in every single toilet in the building so that you don't have to lose 20 to 60 minutes of your day if you get your period at work. You know, hunting down painkillers or tampons, just a waste of time for both the employee and the employer. So, you know, feel free to add a day or two also for those who struggle with general pain or endometriosis. There are so many female, I'm not going to call it diseases, but challenges tied to having your period. And we need to start taking those seriously. Very engaged here. Amazing. What would you say are the few challenges of implementing diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging culture in a workplace today? I think just acknowledging that there are unfair differences today, just accepting that fact and also understanding the full potential and value of a diverse and equal organization. Don't be too afraid of doing something wrong or step on someone's toes. We just need to go with the floor and try something new because today's model isn't working. Just get going with it. Why and how do you think companies would benefit from having not just women leaders, but actually higher gender representation at C-level and boardrooms? It's really just common sense. Representation matters. And with a broader spectrum of people in management, the discussions are going to be more diverse. More sides of an issue or a case will be described. So I think that's the core and good decision making. But then we also learn that common sense isn't always common practice. So we need to start practicing that sense to make it happen. 
How much do you think the tech industry has changed regarding this subject since you joined? I believe that more businesses are working with this now, but it's like with customer experience, actually. The analysis and the reports don't make the changes. So the common practice is still to be implemented. Looking back on your career, what one thing would you have changed in your working environment to break the bias? I think more people being open. Focus has become bigger now on these issues and large known companies like Apple, Google, Amazon have led way to a valid degree, I suppose. So I guess that being open and enabling people to be open about whatever. Looking forward, what will you do as a leader to improve the bias for the next generation of women in tech? You know, we just have to continue addressing all these issues. Call people on their bias. When you hear bullshit, you need to call people on it. Invite to and be open for conversations about anything that could need a bit of sort of nuance. Let us move on to another hot topic in business today, which is work-life balance and mental health. Marete, you have different hats. You have twins. So you have, without a doubt, a busy lifestyle. How do you take care of yourself to maintain good mental health? I'm not going to say I'm doing all these things, but I try to get rid of the energy thieves in my life. So I keep people who drain me sort of on an arm's length. And I try to get daylight and fresh air to a certain degree every day because I think those are magic ingredients. You don't even need a lot of it, but just a little bit of air and a little bit of daylight. Also, I need to get my energy out. And obviously that's hard when you're alone with kids half the time. I do have a spinning bike in my bedroom staring at me every night. So sometimes I honor it with half an hour or so. But I suppose my advice would be a knowledge that we have a mental health and it needs to be taken care of. So that's the first step. And also get rest, get enough rest and try to eat good stuff on a day-to-day basis and then the trash every now and then. But I'm not saying it's easy and I don't do it all the time, but at least be conscious about what you can do because then it's easier to do it when you first have the motivation to do so. Have you ever experienced burnout? Yeah, I have. Recently, actually, just before Christmas, I hit rock bottom. It's a tough experience. I understood quite early that I needed to get professional help, so I did. And I also talked openly about it to both friends and co-workers. And that was sort of stressful, but also great. I didn't know how my colleagues would handle me being so open about it because I was in a new environment and a new industry. But I think that was a good choice just to let everyone know what happened. And I think the stigma itself, you know, keeping it secret, that's part of why we do hit rock bottom. We try to be so perfect, so hardworking, so professional, and then we don't really allow ourselves to be weak every now and then. And that's on top of the burnout itself. It's hard to tackle. But for me, I've made a decision quite early to I'm just going to be open about this. And it does make sense. There were perfectly good reasons for me to hit that wall. So and I'm back now. It didn't take too long. And I think due to the being open, that's part of what helped a lot. Thank you very much for sharing that. What is your advice on how companies can create a more mentally healthy workplace in the new now? Trusting their employees for once, encouraging to do meetings as walk and talks, If you're having a meeting with somebody sitting in the same office as you, just do it while walking, if you can. Also, let the employees work out during work hours. Have room for flexibility in home office when needed. It does not kill the office culture. I know so many people are worried after COVID that not having everyone back at the office is going to be horrific, but it does not kill company culture. It actually empowers it. Obviously, you cannot work from home every day, every week. But if you enable people or allow people to be flexible and work around their lives, I think it makes culture strong. What motivates you every day to get out of bed? Coffee. Actually, I drink milk with a little bit of coffee in it, but that's my motivation first and foremost when getting out of bed. And then just the idea of being someone who contributes to something every day. That's I need that to be able to get out of bed. 
Now, let us wrap up with a few words of wisdom and piece of advice for our listeners. Merita, what is the best piece of advice that you've been given that has helped you during setbacks in your role and career? Be yourself. If it isn't good enough, find somewhere where it is. That's probably the most basic and most powerful message that I have. And then what is the worst advice you've ever been given and how did you tackle that? Actually, I'm not sure I've been given any bad advice, but if I was, I guess I just ignored it. Is there something you wish you would have known or a skill you wish you had when starting out in the tech industry? I think it would have been awesome to know more about coding and programming. Yeah, I like that. That's exciting. If you had the ability to go back in time to when you were just at the beginning of your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? That would be, don't be afraid to take up space. You are just as qualified to have an opinion as anyone else. What advice would you give to young girls and women who want and trying to break into STEM fields today, especially wanting to become the next generation leaders? I would have to say as Nike, just do it and find some other woman to talk to and discuss and back each other. Also, men aren't the bad guys, but sometimes some of them need a little help to see things in perspective and try to be that person that helps them with that and focus on the case, not the person. Last but not least, what is next for you in your roles and career in tech? What are your career aspirations? I would love to do more board work and especially within tech because it's amazing and you learn so much. It's meaningful. It's developing. Obviously, I would also love it if I could someday make a living out of making podcasts. This is a hobby for me as well, but I really enjoy the format and to be able to talk to people about stuff that I care about would be, yeah, I would love to be able to do that. So I guess that's an aspiration. Thank you so much, Marita, for being a guest on the Queens of Tech podcast, sharing your journey with, without a doubt, inspired change and reshape company culture for the next generation of women in tech. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you have worked in the tech industry a minimum of three years and would like to share your journey, please nominate yourself or somebody you know to i at jasminemoradi.com. For more podcast episodes and to learn more about the Queens of Tech initiative, and to support us, visit Queens of